Hi, welcome to On the Investor's Minds. I'm Tai Hui, the Chief Market Strategist for Asia Pacific at JP Morgan Asset Management. And thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time to learn about what's on the investor's minds and how that fits in with building the right portfolio. Today, I'd like to discuss the latest FOMC meeting and what that means for investors. As usual, there will be three key takeaways at the end of this podcast. Now, here are a couple of key takeaways from the latest FOMC meeting. First, the Fed kept policy rates unchanged at 5.25% to 5.5% as expected. The meeting statement was almost identical to the July meeting, with a slight hawkish bias and keeping the option open for another hike before the end of the year. It did mention that, quote, determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate, unquote. The Fed is said to be still highly attentive to inflation with economic growth at solid pace and strong job gains. Fed Chair Jay Powell also stressed that today's decision is a pause, not necessarily the end of the hiking cycle. And this was echoed by the updated summary of economic projections. Economic growth for 2023 and 2024 were revised higher. This year, growth projection was revised higher from 1.1% to 2.1%, reflecting the resilience of the economy. Unemployment rate is also revised lower accordingly. Jobless rates for 2024 and 2025 are now expected to be at 4.1%, close to full employment still. Core PC inflation for this year is revised down marginally by 0.2 of percentage points to 3.7%, reflecting softer housing service inflation. Headline was revised higher given the recent rise in energy and food prices. Now, in terms of policy rate projection, the median number has not changed for 2023. 12 out of 19 FOMC members are still projecting one more hike before the end of the year. Moreover, the median for policy rates at 2024 has risen from 4.6% to 5.1%, implying very limited room for rate cuts over the next 12 months. The long-term rate forecast remains unchanged at 2.5%. So investors may be disappointed not only by the fact that the Fed is still not done with raising rates, but is inclined to keep rates high for an extended period of time. Overall, the market reacted negatively to the fact that the Fed stayed on the hawkish side of the equation. S&P 500 was down 0.94% on the day and Nasdaq down 1.5%. Two-year yield surged to 5.17%, a post-GFC high, and 10-year yield hit 4.4%. The futures market is still not fully convinced, though, that we need another hike, only pricing in around 50% chance of another 25 basis point hike before the end of the year between the November 1st and December 13th FOMC meetings. Now, what does it mean for investors? Although investors may be disappointed by the lack of doves in the latest FOMC meeting or the summary of economic projections, the Fed's policy outlook is consistent with its own solid economic projection and for inflation to only grind lower gradually. It is true that the recent data is supportive of this positive assessment. However, there are also other signals in the economy that business confidence is still under pressure from rising capital costs, and also the housing sector is cooling on the back of mortgage rate rise. Hence, I'll take this Goldilocks assessment of the US economy going into 2024 with a pinch of salt. 
the economy has indeed been protected from high rates by fixed-rate mortgages and also relatively healthy balance sheets and cash flow for both the household sector and also the corporate sector. Yet, these insulations could eventually wear out and households stretch their borrowing to spend and companies need to refinance their loans at a much higher rate. So, we still expect the economy to slow down in 2024. We still believe that we're close to the end of the hiking cycle, but not just for the US, also for other developed economies. Japan is arguably the odd one out here, with possible end to the negative interest rate policy sometime in 2024. Now, the end of the hiking cycle does not necessarily mean that cutting cycle will come anytime soon. Given inflation is still above target, the Fed will be keen to hold rates for as long as they can, and rate cuts may only come in mid-2024 when inflation approaches target. Now, this also means that economic growth could continue to cool as the impact from higher rates continue to impact on the economy. What that means is that the yield curve will eventually see some bullish steepening despite the latest reaction from the markets. This means the whole yield curve should be shifting lower, but with a short end falling by more than the long end. Now, given that the US Treasury yield curve is heavily inverted, a steepening would imply a less inverted yield curve. And this should open the door to investors considering to opt for long-duration assets. This is not limited to just the long end of the yield curve, we think that lower yields and weaker growth could see investment-grade bonds outperform high-yield corporate debt in the near term. Growth and technology stocks could also benefit from lower yields given the potential boost from valuation re-rating, even though US tech stocks have already benefited from AI development earlier this year. Lower cash rates for Asian investors could also make Asian high-dividend stocks more appealing. The US dollar is enjoying the tailwinds from carry or interest rate differential for now, and this could continue in the near term, yet its expensive valuations still leave it vulnerable to more downside once the Fed is confirmed to be done with policy rates. So three key takeaways. Number one, the Fed is maintaining a hawkish position for now, but inching closer to the end of the hiking cycle. We need to wait for a while before a rate cut comes, given the resilience of the economy and gradual decline in inflation, but we are starting to see more signs of weakness coming through the US economy. Number two, this means that with the weaker economy, bond yields have more downside risk over the next six to 12 months, and this is an opportunity to lock in high yields and generate income for portfolio. Between fixed income and equities, we would prioritize fixed income first. We will start with government bonds and investment-grade corporate debt, which typically are more resilient in the face of weaker growth. Number three, other long-duration assets, such as growth stocks, including technology, and also gold. This could also benefit from falling yields. Lower cash rates could also make high-dividend stocks more appealing to investors in Asia who need to generate income. Now, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share this with your friends or colleagues, and also consider subscribing so you get the latest episode when we release them. If there are other topics that you would like to hear from us or any questions on this podcast, please reach out to your JP Morgan Asset Management representatives. This content is intended for information only, based on assumptions in current market conditions, and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions.
It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.